Welcome to the Awakening Church, one of the great churches Maui has to offer. And now, Pastor Stephan Pusle with this week's message. Aloha, my name is Pastor Stephan. It's so great to have you here in this beautiful Sunday morning here in Maui. A lot of you drove all different parts of this island and be here. And some came early, some came late. We're just glad you're here. Uh, and also, we have people who jumped in planes and flew all, all, all the way out here to Hawaii. Uh, whether they heard about a church all the way from Canada or you know, it, it, wherever you're coming from, we're just so excited that you're here. In addition to that, for those of you who are tuning in live on Facebook, we're so stoked that you're following us and feel free to comment and harass me online. Uh, we love that you're tuning in and also for those who are uh, listening to our free app as they drive on the road, catching up on messages or just hearing God's word. Um, hey, we're just so stoked to have all of you here uh, because we are in a phenomenal series called Commitment Phobia. Commitment Phobia because we, uh, I felt like we live in a culture where we are skirting away from commitment and it, become, it has become this great fear for us. It's become this, this thing that we shy away from because we are so afraid what comes with it. Are we going to be tied down or we're, we're going to have any other options? And we're so afraid of commitment. And each week we've been talking about important parts to this commitment story. The first week we talked about how we need to be committed to God. And as a result of that, we will live the life to the fullest, we will experience a life that we could not experience without God in our life. And the reality is if we're not committed to God, if we're not connected to him, we are unable to, to be filled with the capacity to love God. And then we talked about the following week, right? We talked about the idea of how we're afraid to love ourselves. We have a commitment phobia to our loving ourselves. And God says in his word that we have to love God with all our heart. Then we have to love our neighbor as what? As yourself. And it's this thing we're so afraid of to love ourselves because we think, oh, we're self-worship or it's, we're putting ourselves first and it's selfish and it's idolatry. No, no, no. The Bible says to love yourself like God loves you. And, and when you're able to do that, people who don't love themselves cannot love their family, cannot love their neighbor. They're incapable of it. But when you love God, you get connected to his love, you're able to love yourself, and then you're able to love those around you. It's kind of like on the airplane, right? Where you, the, the airbags come down first, first secure your airbag, and then you'll be able to help other people. Um, the last week, we're going to talk about how we have a commitment phobia to the church, how how. We as a community need to stay strong together and commit to one each other. Uh, and, and it's going to be awesome because uh, at the end of that, we're going to celebrate and highlight some people who have said, you know what, I'm going to commit to the Awakening Church. I'm going to partner with them. And I'm going to say, you know what, this is my home church. And I'm all in. And we're going to celebrate that. And in addition to that, we're having baptisms. Uh, we're having some baptisms after that service. We're going to have some fun at the park. So if you want to check that out, come see me. Uh, but today we're going to talk about Commitment to family, just like TDJ was talking about that video. Commitment to family. Now, when I think of commitment to family, I can think of a time where I was scared to death of commitment to family. How many of you have ever had a, a commitment phobia when it comes to family? Maybe you've had a bad experience. Maybe uh, it's your upbringing. But you've had a commitment phobia when it comes to family, kids, parents, you know, uh, relatives, right? That crazy person that's in your family. It's no elbowing your husband or wife now, okay? Um, <laughs> but we're going to talk about that. Um, but before I do, I want to tell you about a time when I felt like I had 
an overwhelming sense of commitment phobia when it comes to family. Uh, it was uh, over a year ago, or almost a year ago, and I had two beautiful daughters, and my wife and I were kind of, we were hoping and dreaming maybe one day we would have another kid when we were financially ready, and also there was this little bit of this residual fear that if I had another child, it would be another girl, and I love the girls to death, but I would just be, they're so beautiful, like I don't have enough guns, right, to watch out for my, for my girls, so they're so precious, so beautiful, right, I need to like, I need to get like Bob to help protect them, right, I was just so afraid of another girl, uh, and um, I was putting it off, and putting it off, and I was like, no, I don't know if I'm ready, maybe I should adopt, maybe I should adopt, and, and then um, I saw this guy at the Marriott, Courtyard Marriott, where I work on my message a lot, and he had this little baby boy, and the little baby boy was cooing, and he was playing with the boy, and I was like, oh, man, I just want to tell this guy how blessed he is. So I walk up and say, man, you are blessed. You've got your son. And he's like, yeah, he is so awesome. And I was like, you know what? You can pray for me. Pray for me. I want my boy. I want my boy. And I, and I was just saying that aloud. Be careful what you say, right? And so what happened is um, later on that evening, I was just hanging out, and my wife, she says, hey, I, I don't know, it's just weird. I'm a little bit late on my, you know, on my period, so uh, it's probably nothing. And I'm like, uh-oh. How many of you ever had that feeling? Like, uh-oh. The commitment phobia comes over you. You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> Somebody says, we need to talk. Right? Uh-oh. Right? So I run to the store. I run to the store and get the, the little the test, right? The pregnancy test. And I run home, and I'm like, take it. You know? <laughs> Let's find out. And she comes out and leans on the door sills, and she goes, Congratulations. And I'm like, ah, you got me. Ah, ah, Amory, you're so good. You got jokes. She's messing with me. I love my girl. And she walks over very quietly and gently and sits next to me on the bed and puts her hand on my shoulder. Uh oh. <laughs> and I lay my head down on my pillow and I go, oh no, what have we done? What have we done? Right? Commitment phobia out of family. It's like, hey, there's a new life here. There's it's so much work and effort. And like, are we going to be ready? He's like, you know, what is, what is, what's going to be involved? It's going to be healthy. And all this fear. And then, you know what? We just said, you know, God, we just, we just give you this baby. We trust you. We, we commit uh, to this. We're in. And uh, I would never take it back. I would never take it back. And today, we're going to do real, something really special. We're going to celebrate my son. We're going to celebrate Brett's daughter. We're going to do some baby dedications today at the end of service. So we'd like you to hang out with us. It's going to be really special. But before we do, I just, I just want to get back into this fear of committing to family. Maybe you are in a relationship and you're afraid to go to the next step. We've been talking about marriage because your family, your parents' marriage was so messed up that you told yourself so long ago that I'll never make that mistake. Maybe back in the day you had such a dysfunctional upbringing that you said, you know what, I'm not going to have kids because I might repeat what my parents did. Or if you look at this world and what's going on and all the hate and violence and animosity, 
Why would I ever dream of bringing a child into this world? Or maybe we have moved far away from family uh, and our parents are getting older and, and we kind of feel a little bit of conviction. Maybe I ought to reach out to my parents or they're getting kind of on their tail end of life and they're not able to care for themselves. And, but you run away because you have this fear of commitment, kind of left them on their own. You know, th- these are the kinds of things that we struggle with when it comes to family when it comes to committing, taking the next steps in marriage, uh, having children, taking care of our parents, these are the things that we wrestle with. And the reality is this. If you cannot learn to commit to family, you'll live a life alone. And you will be unable to find the full depth of life's meaning and purpose alone. You are not created to be in this alone. You are designed to be surrounded by family that you're committed to and that are committed to you and that love you and work with you and and shelter you and encourage you. And that's the thing in our society that's deteriorating more and more and more as people have this commitment phobia towards family. Families are deteriorating. Homes are being broken. Children are being neglected. Parents, are old elderly, are being abandoned because of what T.D. Jakes says. Man, we have lost something important, and we're going to teach on it this morning. Commitment to family. With that in mind, I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, and we're going to pray and ask God, His Spirit, to speak through me and do all the good things He's going to do in our hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for how beautiful it is in Hawaii and and Maui, and that we have the opportunity to be here. Um, Holy Spirit, we just lift up the Awakening Church, and we say, you know what? This church family, we we give it to you. It belongs to you. We thank you for the love that's here. We we thank you for the realness that's here, the authenticity, where we can come we can just be ourselves and get encouraged and cry on somebody's shoulder. We thank you for that family. But Lord, we pray right now um, that your spirit would fall in Jesus' name because without your spirit, without your Holy Spirit, oh, we're just playing church. We're spinning our wheels. We're just talking words that have no meaning. Lord, Holy Spirit, would you work through this time? Would you you set in motion life-changing commitments that will be... uh, uh, the benchmarks and people's lives here this morning. We thank you so much, Father, for what you're about to do in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen, amen. I'm excited, I'm excited. Now, when it comes to commitment, there's three different areas that I, I tend to feel like there's commitment phobias, all right? And the first one is towards marriage, commitment phobia towards marriage. And, and, and what I'm encouraging you to do this morning is to recommit to deep relationships, Recommit to deep relationships. It's so important. Now, there was a man. His name was Solomon. He was said to have been given wisdom above and beyond. And he had everything. Riches, wealth, palaces. Right? He had everything. And he talked about the idea and the meaninglessness of being alone and living life 
alone. And we're going to take a look at that in Ecclesiastes. If we can pull that verse up real quick here. Ecclesiastes chapter seven, or chapter 4, verse 7 through 8. And this is the God's Word translation. It says, next I turned to look at something what? Pointless. Everybody turn to yourself and say pointless. Uh, turn to your neighbor and say pointless. Shake your head. Pointless. Pointless. Right? There are people who are all alone. They have no children or other family members. So there is no end to all their hard work they have to do. Their eyes are never satisfied with riches. But they never ask themselves why they are working so hard and depriving themselves of what? Ball and chain? No, no. Good things. Good things. That's what it said. Right? Any more to that? See, he said, even this is pointless. And, and I, how it ends is this word is powerful. It says it's a terrible tragedy. A tragedy to be alone. And because we live in fear. Remember we talked about the first weekend. What is the motive to your commitment? Is it fear or love? But because we have this fear of, oh man, I, I don't, I'm not ready to get married. I'm not ready. Or my parents say, it was a mess. I'm, not, I'm just going to put this off. Or, or you're getting that, uh-oh, somebody's come up and you say, hey, i got to talk. And you're like, I'm not ready. Right? I'm not ready. Oh, here's, here's these options you can take. Right? Or, or, and then fear is driving it. Fear is pushing it. It's driving it. Right? Our parents, we're having a conversation with them. And for the first time, they forgot who you were. And you got that, uh-oh. Who's going to take care of them? Where are we going to come up with the money? I don't know. I don't know. Right? And this fear comes over us. But the reality is, is we are not meant to be alone. We're not meant to be alone. And from a man, Solomon, who had everything, he knew this all too well. You could be surrounded by a million people and still be alone. It's because you have to have family. You have to have family around you. Now, the Bible talks about how you can have family that aren't your blood. In fact, that's the way we are, and we're going to talk about this next week, how the awakening, we end up being, to so many other people, family, because they don't have family. They've lost family. Families walked away from them, and we are there for them. We're there for them. We're going to talk about that. But this first thing is I'm going to talk about when it comes to, to commitment phobia is marriage. We're going to take a look at that. And by the way, if you're following along, um, how many of you guys got your Bibles, by the way? Okay, everybody raise your hand. You've got the Awakening app. Okay, it's a free app you can download. It's a Bible in your pocket. You can follow on there. We can have, see it on the screen here. We have some custom Awakening Bibles outside for you if you like. Okay, this is our gift to you. Um, we're going to take a look at this first area, okay? We're going to take a look at the commitment phobia because we, we talked about marriage and deep relationships, right? To uh, recommit to deep relationships. Now, this is what it says about being together. Couples, okay? 
It says two can accomplish more than what? Twice as much as one, for the results can be much better. If one falls, the other pulls him up. But if a man falls when he is alone, what happens? He's in trouble. He's in trouble. Also on a cold night, two under the same blanket can gain warmth from each other. But how can one be warm alone? And one standing alone can be attracted, attacked and defeated. But two can stand together back to back and conquer. Three is even better for a triple created cord is not easily broken. Here's the reality of marriage today. Because we have so much fear of committing to marriage, we have more and more couples. In fact, it is multiplied times four the amount of couples that are putting off marriage since 1970 to now. More and more couples are saying no to marriage. More and more couples are shacking up, living together and saying, hey, this is how we're going to live. We're not going to commit to this relationship. We're not going to make a promise because it scares me about what I've seen before. And I don't want any of that. And so we're going to play house. We're going to have kids. And more and more young people are living like that. And that's not the way God designed it. That's not the way God designed it. You, you got to make a commitment. When the Bible talks about, here, Hebrews, real quick, let's look at that. It really, what, what the Bible says about marriage. Hebrews says, it said, uh, should be below there? Yep, next one down. Let's see here. Further down. There we go, keep on going. Keep on going. There we go. Perfect. Good job. All right. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4 says what? Give what? Give honor to marriage. Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. This, now, this is quite simple. We are in a culture where we, we, we base uh, our relationships off feeling. I did a, uh, a marriage rededication ceremony uh, last Friday. It was really cool over there at McKenna State Park. And there's a couple that have been married for 20 years. And I talked to them and I said, hey, you know what? This marriage thing in, in Hollywood, right? It's a feeling. It's emotion. It's an infatuation. All the butterflies of, oh, I'm so in love, right? And then you have the songs. You've lost that love and feeling, right? Oh, that love and feeling, right? You got that song, right? And it's, it's not a loving feeling. God did not design love to be a feeling. It is a decision. It is a commitment. And God says when you get married, you make a commitment. You go to the altar and you sacrifice me, I, for self. And you lay it down and you become one flesh. And when you do that, it's no longer about you. It's about the relationship and a promise and a decision that you've made that will keep that marriage strong. And, and the dysfunction that comes out of saying, okay, we're going to play house, we're going to have kids, is that if things get too hairy, we can walk away and not feel guilt. Like, we didn't get divorced, but guess what? You're doing more damage. You're ripping apart, you're ripping apart the family, right? And it's destructive. It's dangerous. 
And what has happened is because of this commitment phobia, because we're unwilling to say, hey, I'm going to make a promise before my God. I'm going to make a promise before my community and say, hey, I promise to be faithful. That's what God's word say, honor marriage. Right? Don't commit adultery. What is that? That's, that's, that's breaking up a marriage. Right? He's saying, no, honor marriage. Respect it. Otherwise, your society will start falling apart at these edges. But we have a commitment phobia towards marriage, and it's getting worse, and it's impacting our kids. And people are divorcing. People are not even starting to get married because they're so afraid of failing. And fear is driving. Fear is motivating this. Right? And guess what God says about love? There is no fear in love. Love drives out all fear. I'm preaching to somebody this morning, right? Maybe it's time for you to think about getting married and doing it God's way and start showing some respect for the person that you're with. Make a promise. Make a dedication. That's something real. That's something powerful and worth it. It'll bless you if you do this. God will bless you. Now, So commitment phobia, we have it towards marriage. But not only do we have that towards marriage, but we have this same commitment phobia to starting our own families, not just getting married. But now it comes up with kids. Oh, Pastor Stephan, here we go. Okay, it's time for me to leave. I got to go. You're talking about kids. All right, here we go. All right, see, I got this gift of, like, praying fertility over people. It's like, oh, run away. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I'll tell you the story later. It's pretty cool. But um, uh, if you're you're having trouble getting pregnant, come see me. I'm at six out of six right now of people that were told that they cannot have babies by doctors. Okay? Right here. Come see me. Um, I should start charging a fee. (laughs) No, it wouldn't work then. It wouldn't work then because God wouldn't get the glory. Um, Now, commitment for me to have a family. All right, let's take a look at that. We need to recommit to mentor, parent, adopt, because here's the reality. You are not going to experience the fullness of life if you're not committed to the least of these, to a little one, to an innocent heart. If you don't give back and, and teach and mentor and be a father figure to someone who doesn't have a father, if you don't decide to have children, adopt somebody, uh, to decide to mem- This is the kind of thing that if you don't have this in your life, you're missing out on so much. I tell you what, my wife and I don't have to go to the movies because we just stay at home and laugh at our kids all day. It is so much joy involved. There's so much love in our family. Family. Yeah, there's some drama. Yeah, there's some breakdowns and, you know, all that. Yeah, but, but it's so full. And if you, without it, you, you, you got to experience it. Okay, let's see what the Bible says about children. It says in Psalm chapter 127, verses 3 through 5, and it says, Don't you see that children are what? Which gift? The last one? What is it? It's the best gift. The fruit of the womb is, gen- is his generous legacy. Like a warrior's fistful of arrows. I love that. Ah, fistful of arrows. Okay, they are children of a vigorous youth. Check it out. On, oh, how blessed are your parents with your quivers full of children. Your enemies don't stand a chance against you. You'll sweep them right off your doorstep. I love it. It's talking about children are God's best gift to you. Right? You get to see a part of God's heart when you have children. 
because you got to you begin to see how big your love is for these children and how you do anything for them. And then you begin to comprehend the love of God that he has for you. When you have a child and they run up into your arms and, and, and just innocently hug you and embrace you and give so much love unconditionally, so generously, there's a part of you that comes alive in a way that if you just live for yourself and you say, I'm not having kids, I just want to go travel, right? I just want to live for me. I don't want to experience what I grew up with. You are going to miss out. Because you lack commitment to family, to children. Some of you can't have children. That's all right. There's so many other ways that you can give all the child's life. Adoption. Mentoring. Be a father, mother figure. I had a, I had a father figure that was so impactful in my life. Uh, in addition to my amazing dad, um, I, I, but I had a powerful experience with mentors and father figures and, and people who decided to invest in me unconditionally. And here's the thing. Here's so, why it's so important that we, we, we embrace this gift and we commit to it. Because if we don't, we leave the next generation at a loss. And we're starting to see these millennials and Gen Xers and even some of the baby boom generation, some of the deterioration happening as a result of neglect from the parents before who did not commit to their children. You can have, you can have babies and be not committed to your children. You can be like, oh, I'll have kids and then walk away. But I'm talking about commitment. The kind of biblical one where you say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest time. I'm going to provide. I'm going to train them. I'm going to equip them for this rough world. I'm going to give them the tools they need to overcome, to be strong, to be fighters. The Bible talks about this. Check it out. It says in Proverbs chapter 22, it says, teach children how they should live. Teach them. And then they will remember it all their life. You gotta teach them. You gotta teach them about the love of Jesus. You gotta teach them and show them unconditional love. You gotta teach them commitment. You gotta teach them loyalty, perseverance. You have to teach them this thing. The Bible talks about do it everywhere you can. Take every opportunity you can to teach your children to follow me. Remind them when you're taking them to school. Remind them when you're picking them up. When you're taking them to soccer practice, tell them about Jesus. Make a commitment to pouring into a child. Make a commitment to being a part of a child's life. And you will have a fullness of life that you cannot pay with money. It'll cost you some money. But it's worth it. Oh, but Pastor Stephan, I don't want to be poor. Come on, man. Be generous. Well, I don't have enough time. But be generous. Well, I can't have kids. Adopt. I, you know what? I, I'm speaking prophetically. I feel like there is someone or maybe two someones or two families or one family that God is going to start planting a seed right now in Jesus' name, the, the desire to adopt. Because there's a child that has no father, no mother that's abandoned them. I have a feeling that there's someone in here this morning that's going to step up and say, you know, I'm going to commit to just be a father figure, just one, 
There's a saying, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Just do it for one. Do it for one person. And you don't know whose life you may impact. That may be the next Billy Graham that wins thousands of people to Christ. That one person that needed a father figure. That one person that needed a mother figure in their life. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Just one. Okay, moving on. Are we good? Is this clear? So we, uh, we have a commitment phobia towards marriage. We have a commitment phobia towards children. And then we have a commitment phobia towards the elderly, our parents. When they get to a, an age where, you know, where they can't take care of themselves. And we need to reconnect, recommit to caring for the old. I think this is one of the greater tragedies that goes in the radar that we don't talk about at church. Because it's difficult. Did you know that their homes, packed to the brim, of people's parents, of people's fathers and mothers that have been abandoned, been put away because they're inconvenient, and while we allowed them to wipe our bottoms, change our diapers and feed us up and burp us and, and raise us and provide money and resources and education and clothing, when it's time for us to give back this treasure, we as a culture and society have outsourced our responsibility. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Now, let me ask you this. Just be real. How many of you want to be in a home and your kid kind of be like, hey, there you go. Anybody in here? Any takers? Who wants to be there? I want to die before I go into a home. If I have to paddle out into Jaws in waves two times the size of the building and drown, take me out there and drown me. Drop me off with my surfboard. Goodbye, Daddy. Drop me off. I do not want to be in a home. I want to be with my babies, with my families, my girls. Okay? Now, check this out. Check out this verse. Deuteronomy. It says, What honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. And then you will what? You will live a long time. Right? And things will go well for you in the land the Lord your God has given you. You might... You'll live a long time and things will go well when you honor, when you show respect to your parents. Okay? Now, we're going to talk about this. Uh, the Bible is very specific about what it means about providing for family. You're thinking to yourself, man, well, this is a financial burden. I can't afford this. I can't, you know, I can't take care of my parents. I don't have the time. I have to work. Oh, you know, you, you're going down. But check this out. This is what the Bible says. It's 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. It says, if anyone fails to provide for his own, that means parents, right? And especially for those of his own family, he has denied the faith by disregarding its precepts and is worse than an unbeliever whom fulfills the obligation in these matters. Now, When I was young, before I knew Jesus, my desire was to get as far away from my family as I could. Because I hated them. I hated my father and my mother. I hated my brothers and sisters. I had darkness in me. I hated myself. And then I found Jesus. 
And then before you knew it, I started loving them. I'm like, what's wrong with me? I got all this love from people that I hate. And it started to change my life. And there's a part of me, because it's so far away, it's, it's difficult for me to go and visit. And it's a part of me, it just, my heart breaks. Because I want to, I want my, and I, thank God my parents can come out here a month out of the year. It's awesome. And, uh, but I, I, there's a part of me that kind of is, there's a little sadness inside of me because, man, I wish they could have more of their family. Um, now, here's the thing. Some of us have that opportunity to do something because our family's here. And I would encourage you if, you, if you've been distanced from your family, maybe you ought to take some time to go and visit. Maybe you've got to pick up the phone. If your family is far away, there's things you can do to maintain that relationship, take care of your obligations. Uh, one of our amazing couples in our church uh, that we love dearly, Bob and Justine, they're awesome. They're amazing. And um, the, anyway, uh, Bob's mom is under the weather. She start, she's not feeling her best. And... Um, there's a potential that God, God might take her. Uh, and so Bob and Justine sacrificed an entire month of their time and resources and money to fly over and to be with his mom and be with his daughters. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful example of someone stepping up and being there. Even if they don't live on island, there's ways that you can honor your father and mother. There's ways that you can make them feel valued. And, and we have these beautiful technologies now like Skype and iChat and FaceTime. There's the ways that you can stay committed. There's ways financially that you can be there for family. But we got to recommit not only to marriage and deeper relationship. We got to recommit to, to loving a child, mentoring, adopting, having a child. We got to recommit to our, our, our parents because this family thing's important. Let me tell you a, a, a little story. Um, when Amber and I were, f first met each other, I was on the tail end of a terrible relationship. And it was just disastrous. And I can tell you the story sometime when I have you over barbecue, and we'll talk about it. It's a crazy story. But I was like, I am scared to death about relationships. And I met Amber, and you know what? She wasn't far too off either. Her parents split, and she was scared to death of this relational commitment. And so me and her waited for four years. We waited for four years. But then finally we said, you know what? We need to just jump. We need to make a commitment to each other because you know what? God is going to bless it. God is going to bless. And so both of us made this commitment. And today we celebrate 12 years together married. And not only that, we, in addition to that, four years that we're together and dating. So that's like what? Is that 16 years now? So it's our anniversary today. So let's give my wife a round of applause because she stuck with me. <laughs> Right? She stuck with me. She was committed to me, and I committed to her. And as a result, look what came out of it. These beautiful girls that we have and this beautiful son we have, Alakai, that we're going to celebrate today. And I tell you what, when I was alone and I was single and I thought I was on top of the world, I was traveling, I thought, oh, my life is so great. I was doing the modeling thing, right, the Fabio, like flipping my, my curls, right, for the camera. 
Yeah, don't go to Facebook and look at my old school modeling retarded photos. Yeah, you'll, you'll laugh. You'll be like, what happened? Oh, daddy, the dad bod happened. Right? Uh, but the reality is, is that I have this, I, I, back in the day I thought life couldn't get any better. That was the top, right? Not committed to my God, not committed to any family, no, no relationship. I could sleep with whoever I wanted to. I was just, I thought I had it all. But my experience of life was so shallow, was so, so shallow. And then when I learned to be committed to my God, to be committed to my wife and to my children and to my parents, I, and to learn to love myself, right, and love others, the, the depth of life got so much fuller. And I'm like, whoa, I, God's wrapped my lips around a fire hydrant of love and of purpose and meaning of life. And now I'm like a balloon. I'm like, whoa, I don't know if I can do it anymore. I'm so full, right? My cup runs over right? My, my, the desires of my heart have been given. Yeah, life's hard. Yeah, there's financial difficulties. Yeah, there's responsibilities and obligations that come with commitment, but you get so much more. If you just learn to commit, don't be afraid. Don't let the world say, ah, don't get married. Ah, this is like all the ball bondage. Don't have, don't have kids, right? Don't, don't believe that stuff. These are people living out of fear, don't let your commitment be motivated out of fear. Let it be motivated out of love. And watch God rock your world. We're going to pray. And before we do, I want to make a challenge to you. This is your homework assignment, your big challenge. I want to challenge you in one of these areas. And you probably know which, where you're, which one of those you're neglecting in. It may be all three. God bless you. I pray for, for your help over you. Okay, but maybe it's just one. Maybe it's just one area where, man, I was like, I need to take the next step in taking this relationship thing seriously. I need to start asking God, hey, who do you want me to marry? Because I can't be just running around sowing my wild oats. I gotta, I'd be intentional about this. I've got to make a plan. Or you may be like, you know what, I'm married and I, we have the capacity to have kids. You know, maybe it's time. Maybe I need to make a step of faith, right? Or maybe you can't have kids or you don't want to have kids. So, well, then adopt or mentor. Become a father figure, mother figure. See, that's the, one of these. One of these. If your parents are been neglected, reach out to them. Pick up the phone. Call them. Spend a week with them. Take a vacation. Go out and love on them. Send them a gift. Do something for them. Selfishly. Something that requires a little bit of money. Just give of yourself. That's what it means right? That's the type of love that we're involved with in family, right? This kind of love that God loved us so much that what did he do? He gave his son, his one only son to die on the cross for our sin. That if anybody who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life, that's the same kind of love that Jesus gave to you unconditionally. He laid his life down willingly, went to the cross and died a terrible death for you and me. We're going to pray here in a second, and no matter where you are on that spectrum of, of marriage, children, parents, we're going to offer an opportunity to pray for you. Uh, in addition to that, we're going to not only do that, but we're going to pray for you. If you feel like, man, I want to commit to God. I need, I'm, I'm only experiencing a sliver of life, and I know it. Pastor Stephan's preaching the truth, and I need to give my heart to Jesus. I need to give my heart away. We're going to show you how to pray. 
in just a second. And the same prayer will go for and apply for those of you who have already said that prayer a long time ago and have neglected and, or, or drifted away from God and you want to rededicate your life to Him. That's the same prayer we're going to involve you in as well. But first, let's start off with our church family. Family? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for uh, that we do not have to be afraid of committing to family. Lord, let the motive that comes out of our heart be a motive of love and not fear. And that only comes because we're connected to you. So Heavenly Father, in one of these areas, marriage, children, parents, where we're feeling conviction where your spirit is leading right now, we pray in Jesus' name that you would bring it up in the hearts and minds of those who are sitting here this morning. If you're sitting in here with their eyes closed and your heads bowed, if you feel like, man, that's me, in one of these areas, marriage, parenting, par- uh, um, taking care of our own parents, if that's one of those areas that is coming up to you, for you, would you be courageous without anybody looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed, would you say, Pastor Stephan, would you pray for me? Raise your hand up high so I can see. God bless you. I see hands going up everywhere. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see hands. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. God bless you. I see your hand going. Good. God bless you. God bless you. Father, would you help us? Would you help us take a step of faith? Would you help us to leap out and say, God, he, he, you know, I trust you. I want to experience the depth of life that only you can give. And it comes from being committed to you, Lord. Committed to loving myself. Committed to loving my family. Lord, would you pray that you would just, would you plant seeds for some who are planning on adopting, for who are some who are planning on being a father figure or mentoring, or for some who are even having to have children, because they are your, God, your, your best gift. Thank you for this morning. Thank you. Continue to pray. If you feel like you're far from God and you've never gotten a chance to say, Jesus, I give you my life. I want to follow you. I want to experience that fullness of life. I want to experience purpose and meaning in my life. I don't want to, want to tr- figure this out on my own. I'm messing it up on my own. If you want to do that, if you want to say a prayer where you commit yourself to God or rededicate your life to him, this is the words you say, and you say it out loud so nobody, uh, you know what? It doesn't matter what anybody else hears. It's between you and God, but everybody's going to, we're going to say this out loud so nobody feels left out. And you say these words, you say, Jesus Forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And not only did you die on the cross, but you rose from the dead. And you conquered death so that I could be free. Jesus, I believe you're Lord. And I want you to be the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Wash me clean. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name. Continue to pray this morning. If you said that prayer, rededication or you, you, you surrendered your heart for the first time, would you be courageous? Without anybody looking around, be courageous. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Would you raise up your hand so I can pray for you this morning? Anybody in here, God bless you. God bless you. See your hand. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. Great. God bless you. See your hand over there. Good, good. You know, part of God, the Spirit is moving. Thank you, Lord, for, for doing a work in this church. We, we're excited for what you have um, for us and the family that will be growing here at the awakening and in our own homes, Lord. We thank you for the love that we have for you, for ourselves, for others around us. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said... Amen, amen. Thank you for joining us this week. The Awakening Church is a church that unchurched people love to attend, where real people can come as they are and connect with others who love God. If you're on Maui, please come join us. If you're not on Maui or you can't attend a service, check us out online at theawakening.org or download our Awakening Church app. 
You'll find past messages, online Bible studies, scripture, and lots of other cool stuff, including ways where you can help us continue our mission. If this message has blessed you, you can help us increase our reach by giving to The Awakening Church, either on our app or online. Thank you for joining us. Aloha. Aloha.